Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome to episode 169 of Keeping Up with the King. My name is Mike, and uh, today, hey, we're talking about Matthew chapter 16. We've been making our way through, and we've been talking about Peter's confession, where he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Jesus asks him, who do you say that I am? That's the answer he gives. And then Peter, or Jesus rather, says to Peter, you know, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right, so um, the last few times I've talked about how we need to be careful about our traditions, right? Uh, and that we don't, um, well, I guess it's it's normal for us to read the Bible in light of how we've been taught and how we've been told and what we've been uh, exposed to. And uh, I talked a lot about the Catholic viewpoint of, of Peter. And what I want to talk about today is kind of the second part here, right? Where, where in verse 19, where Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so the last time I talked about this idea that perhaps when he's talking about keys to the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking about, um, he's not talking about actual keys to physical gates as in the pearly gates and there's St. Peter. Um, but perhaps it's the idea of the keys to heaven being figuratively speaking, um, the idea that he's been given the keys to salvation. Um, there's another idea here that I wanted to point out. And I think when you read it in the context, maybe this will make some sense. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so it would seem that again, that the keys perhaps are maybe, maybe not of course, physical keys to the gates, like we said before, and maybe not even keys as far as like, this is the keys to the kingdom as far as, entry into it, but rather the keys to something else. Well, what else? He says, I'm giving the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed. So the idea being that like chains and locks, right? So the, some things are bound and those keys will bind things and some things are loosed and those keys will loose things. Now, if you come from certain Pentecostal backgrounds, when you start talking about binding and loosing, uh, you probably thought of spiritual things right away. And perhaps you, like me, were in a church or were around people in a church that would often talk about binding Satan. In fact, they might start every service uh, or maybe when they're praying for somebody, they may say, we bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. We bind Satan. You know, Jesus has given us the keys, you know, to bind and to loosen. He, we bind you, Satan, Satan, you are bound in this place today. You are bound. And, you know, it's, it's often been said, um, why do people keep praying that when it doesn't seem to work? Um, and what I mean by that is like, um, just because you, you pray that Satan is bound. Well, um, did you not specify how long you wanted him bound for? We bound you for our eternity, Satan. Well, that, that would make more sense. If we can bind and loose whatever we want, well, then we'll just bind him and he'll be bound and la, 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 all done. 
And so it always struck me as a little strange. Like, why are we why are we paying, praying to bind Satan? And some people say, oh, well, no, you're, what you're saying is confound his plans in this place and whatever. But what happens is we start taking these phrases and we start using them in these strange ways. Now, there is a, you know, a scripture that talks about, you know, binding the strong man. If you want to take a man's place, you must bind, you know, if you want to rob a man's house, you must first bind the strong man, etc. But um, the idea here has nothing to do with that. In fact, this idea of binding and loosing uh, was something that was common in their time, and it was understood in, and used regularly by rabbis as far as um, legal things, this idea of the law. And again, when we talk about the law, we generally are thinking of, of uh, a legal system, but for the Jewish people, it was a religious and legal system, right? The law, the law of Moses, the law in the Bible, the scriptural law, the experts on the law were also um, religious leaders because they were the teachers of the law, which, well, anyway. So anyway, um, all this to say, when you talk about binding and loosing, this is talking about uh, legal issues. And to give you an example of this, I was trying to think of an example that's actually found in the Bible. And what I was reminded of this morning was uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul is talking about uh, marriage and how um how there's an advantage to singleness and to when a single man is only concerned with serving the Lord, but a married man is concerned with pleasing his wife. And he goes on to say, you know, should you, you know, should you seek to be married? Should you not be seek to be married? If you're married to somebody who is not a Christian, should you divorce them? And and he, and he makes a statement at, toward the end of Matthew or rather first uh, Corinthians seven, where he says, you know, are you bound to a wife? Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed, right? So he's talking about legally bound, right? A legally binding uh, covenant relationship. Are you bound to a wife? He says, do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? In other words, are you not legally bound to a wife? He says, are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. And so, Again, what he's talking about is this idea of binding and loosing these legally legally binding ideas of you know things being permissible or not permissible, and so the you know the apostles being the early leaders of the church are going to be facing issues that come up. You know the issue of, uh, for example, um, do you have to be circumcised to be saved to be a Christian? You know, do you, and there were those at the time who were saying you, you do. And the early church leaders got together and they said, no, you don't have to be a Jew to become a Christian. Um, they were, they were, they were binding things that were not permissible and they were loosing things to be permissible. And so the idea here is not binding and loosing of spiritual things, but it's binding and loosing of things that are permissible for the church. This was going to be a role for the early church to say, these things are permissible. These things are not permissible. So hopefully that, uh, that makes, uh, makes it a little more clear. I think that's the, the way that we see this, these things used in the Bible. And that's where we want to go. We don't want just want to say, well, I think that, uh, you know, I've always heard it used this way and I like it. Well, that's great. If you always heard it that way and you like it, but that doesn't mean that that's what the author is saying. And again, that's our goal is to say, what is, what is Jesus actually saying? Um, and I believe what we, what we can say is he's saying to Peter, look, you got, you guys, the apostles in the early church are going to be 
writing letters and you're going to be the the leaders on earth of the kingdom you're going to be servant leaders you are going to be letting people know what things are permissible what they're loosed to do and what and and where they're bound what things are not permissible you know is is it permissible to divorce your um your wife because she's not a christian well that's the the whole message there in first corinthians that that paul's saying like if she'll live if your spouse is not a believer but they'll live with you we'll live with them and maybe by living with you they'll be saved you know if they leave if they leave or they refuse to live with you he's he says you're no longer uh, you're no longer bound to them um but he says don't you know don't don't seek to be loosed if you're bound to a wife don't seek to be loosed if you're loosed he says don't seek a wife you know just pursue jesus some people would say that that statement in particular was for those people in in corinth at that particular time i tend to think that there's some real wisdom in that that far too many people spend far too much of their time and effort looking for a spouse rather than pursuing jesus um, and so then when they get married they're not ready to have a spouse because they haven't spent their time pursuing jesus building godly character um, being sanctified walking with him building a solid relationship with him they're looking for that person to fill the role of jesus in their life they're looking for that person to be the one that gives them the feelings of love and encouragement that person that will um, support them and make them happy and all this other garbage that makes a mess out of marriage and so many people spend so much of their time seeking after pursuing after a human when actually what they're looking for is jesus so is paul does paul say there in first corinthians don't get married no he just says don't seek a wife are you loosed from a wife don't seek one are you bound to a wife don't seek to be loosed um in other words be be content to serve the lord in the condition that you are in in the place that you're in be content to serve the lord there anyway god bless you we'll talk more next time